0: Okay, okay. I have one that I want to share with you guys. Um, I had this friend who kind of liked this girl. And you know how guys, whenever they like a girl, they, they try to scare her sometimes just to kind of play games with her and stuff? At least that's what really immature guys do. But... Um, but But this guy, he liked this girl, and so they were at a big party one night. And so um, she was uh, about to leave, and he actually went out. Someone went into the house where she was at, a bunch of people there. Her keys are laying on some table. Someone took her car keys. They go over, and they open up her car outside. And he gets into the car in the back seat wearing a scream mask. And they lock her car Keys go back on the table So she's ready to go Uh, She grabs her keys She walks out to the car And uh, turns the car on Starts down the driveway And he pops up in the back (laughs) You know And she's just like Probably peed herself Uh, And then um, Of course She like slams on the brakes She runs to the house And she literally cried For two hours Okay And uh, So At at that point um, I think The relationship Was kind of put on hold and they actually dated later on believe it or not so she got over that hurdle so it was pretty crazy um and I will say that if I was in her shoes I would have uh done the exact same thing I would have cried for at least three hours I think after that um but I hope you had a great uh day yesterday we took Landon uh trick-or-treating it was awesome it was great he loved it so he's got lots of candy for us to uh to consume um We're doing a series uh, called I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar, I Am Man, Watch Me Score. And we're talking about the difference between men and women, how they are basically like cats and dogs. And we're going to dive into next week. Talking about the sins of men and the sins of women, and I'm going to use Courtney for part of that series as well to kind of get some of her take on on uh, guys and girls and so on. Um, if you would like to text message a question, the number is up on the screen. We have gotten some great questions so far. Basically, anything we say today or throughout, as you have a thought throughout the week. That you want to text message to us uh, we're going to spend one Sunday or two Sundays at the end of the series just answering questions and so the better the questions the better our the better our discussion and uh, we'd love to have your input into those questions so text away and we'll see what we'll see what happens with that we have been looking at the big picture of the dating relationship we've talked about how uh, God has a very specific purpose in mind for the dating relationship for the marriage relationship we've talked about how God's purpose is to um, make you more like Christ, but it's also to paint a picture of Christ's relationship to the church. And so, we've been asking the question: If marriage is meant to paint a picture of Christ's relationship to the church, then how should that truth impact your dating life? Because you can't really separate—you can't separate your dating life from your marriage life. Because often they end up looking the exact same. Just a more permanent fixture is what a marriage relationship is uh the bible doesn't mention dating and so if the bible doesn't talk about something then we the next step for us would be to uh figure out what principles the bible has uh that we can apply to certain situations that the bible doesn't really address specifically specifically there are certain things that the bible is of course black and white on things like thou shalt not murder um that's always a bad thing uh but other things that are kind of gray, like it, you know the whole dating thing I would say is a big gray issue, and you've got to take principles out of the Bible and apply them to uh, that part of your life as well. So we've been asking uh, ten good dating questions to be thinking through as you prepare for that part of your life. Some of you're probably already there right now, but um, the first uh, few questions we've looked at are these. I went through these really quickly when we get to our last three today. The first one, is the relationship consuming your life? Number two, is the relationship keeping you from thinking clearly? Number three, is he or she a devoted follower of Christ? Number four, are you taking it slow? Number five, have you, have you set clear boundaries? Number six, are you saving sex for marriage? And number seven, are you falling for any sexual lies? Now, before I introduce the question uh, for today... How many of you guys can tell me what the most profitable movie of all time is? Titanic. Titanic. You said Titanic? How come all the guys know that? Titanic. Jeopardy. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was good, Mason. That was excellent. Uh, so Titanic. Um, anyone ever seen Titanic, the movie? Now the other guys are like, I didn't see it. I just know that. Random tidbit of information about the movie, that's all. Uh, now, here's the weird thing about the movie and how successful it was. It's one of the few movies where you know how it's going to end before you go watch it, but somehow it was wildly successful, right? I can't explain that. But here's the, uh, the deal about this boat, this, this massive ship called the Titanic. Why do you think that this boat was so popular when it sank? Obviously, there have been thousands of ships that have sunk. Since then, so why is that one such a big deal? <laughs> I can always count on Anthony to bring in the racial stuff. Uh, okay, So there are rich white people <laughs> All right, so so why else, why else do we care? Yes. Okay. So they said it was the ship that was invincible, the ship that was unsinkable, right? Now, um, everyone thought this ship was, it was impossible to sink this, this massive uh, seagoing vessel. Uh, so because of this, the, the crew actually ignored many warning signs. Uh, they received warning signs two days before they set sail that it was going to be treacherous waters. Um, a ship 20 miles away warned about being stuck in the ice. Even the men who were appointed to look out for icebergs were not even given binoculars. So warning signs were ignored in a ship that many thought invincible was sunk almost 100 years ago. You know, I think that, um, that many people who are in love, they think that the relationship is invincible. They think that the relationship will stand the test of any kind of trial, any kind of tribulation. And as a result... Marriages are destroyed. Marriages are sunk uh, because they often ignore obvious warning signs. So the first question today is, are you ignoring warning signs? Now, most of what we talk about today is going to really apply to you later on. When you get to college and you really start thinking about dating seriously. Uh, But are you ignoring warning signs? Um, I'm going to run through a couple of warning signs that I think are very relevant to, to any relationship first one is, of course, abuse. That's obviously a major one, a very obvious one. And you might kind of scoff at that and think, okay, well, you know, I don't think it's happening with people in this room. I hope not. <laughs> but, um, but I want to cover it. I want to cover it because later on these can be massive issues in your life. Abuse, that can fall under uh, anything physical, anything verbal, anything emotional. Sexual abuse. The, the, the essence of abuse is this, is are you being controlled? Are you being manipulated by someone? And obviously we think of the physical and the verbal and the sexual abuse when we think of abuse. But I want to talk about emotional abuse. Obviously, um, this is something that you may not even realize it's happening to you. But if someone trying to control you, trying to manipulate you with their emotions. If that's happening in a relationship, that's abuse. Uh, secondly, emotional baggage. Listen, everyone everyone has emotional baggage on some level. But the question is, are you or are they willing to deal with that baggage? Everyone's got it, but the question is, are they willing to deal with it? Are they willing to address it in their life? Um, What does emotional baggage look like? I think it can look like uh, several things. If if someone has an eating disorder, if someone is depressed all the time, if they have addictions, if they're an angry person, if they're the kind of person that that does not communicate their emotions, if they're the kind of person that when you ask them a question, okay, tell me about your, your parents and their relationship, if you get a, I don't know, and they just won't go there, or if you talk about, Tell me about your upbringing. What was it like um, being the youngest of three brothers and being uh, beaten mercilessly? That, that's my story. Um, but what was it like being made fun of? What was it like being um, the butt end of every joke as the third child of three boys? If you get the response? Uh, I don't know. No communication? There's some emotional baggage that is not being dealt with. Now, um, this is hard for me to say, but uh, when I look at my parents' relationship, I have to say that, that as I look at their marriage, since I've been alive 32 years, it's very unhealthy even to this day. They've stayed married, which I'm glad for. But I have to look at my father and say to my mom, I don't say this to her, but I think this all the time, that honestly, she shouldn't have married him. I'm thankful that I'm here, of course. But it saddens me to say that, that she should not have married a man with so much emotional baggage that he, to this day, it's gone undealt with. If I ask a question like, Hey, Dad, tell me about your, your teenage years, I get nothing. If I try to talk about um, his past in any form, I get nothing. And, and so if you, if you find yourself hitting a wall with someone... And they just won't go there in their life. That is emotional baggage that is not being dealt with. It needs to be dealt with. That means that person might need to go start seeing a counselor, might need to start talking to a pastor, uh, might need to get into a small group where they can start to unpack some of these emotionally charged things and unpack some of that baggage. Uh, Thirdly, any kind of cheating. Any kind of cheating, get out. Now, uh, that might... Come in many forms. Obviously, we talk when you think of cheating, you think of just someone having sex. But obviously, um, this can come in a multitude of forms. When I was in high school, it was very common for a guy and girl to be dating, and for um, one of the two to one night just happen to make out with another guy. And she tell her boyfriend, or he tell the girlfriend, and, and she is supposed to forgive him and and look past it, and uh, and they can they can carry on, right? If that's happened to you, or if that does happen to you, get out of the relationship. Because the, the point of dating is to be with someone that's mature enough to handle a relationship. If they're cheating in any way, they have proven that they're not mature enough to handle the relationship. And you need to get out. You need to get out. Frankly, uh immaturity. What I would call the Peter Pan syndrome. Now, now, this, I know the girls think just about the guys when it comes to uh, immaturity, but, but you guys have your own forms of, forms of immaturity as well as ladies. Um, but obviously it does, when you think of the Peter Pan, like, I don't want to grow up, um, if they want to be a Toys R Us kid until they're like 20, I mean, that's a problem. Uh, if they want to continue sleeping in Star Wars sheets until they're like 25, that's a problem. Uh, but just the immaturity and the lack of willingness to grow up, okay? Now, I know you're in high school, so you're thinking, Dave, lighten up like we're high school kids. Like we're supposed to be somewhat immature, right? Okay, I, I get that. That's why I'm talking about this. Think about the future here as we, as we talk through these things. If, if you are dating someone and you're uh, 23, 24, 25 years old and he is still waking up at at noon and playing video games and being a complete loser uh, has no direction no purpose for his life has no idea what he wants to do that is what I would call the Peter Pan Syndrome we're going to address this a lot more in the next few weeks with the guys and the girls uh, but immaturity immaturity Uh, lastly no physical attraction alright this will sound really unspiritual but it's true All right, so I'm going to say it. If there is no physical attraction to this other person, then get out of the relationship. You should not be dating or moving towards marriage with someone if there is not some physical attraction. Okay? Now, here's what a lot of misled people do, I think especially in the church. They're dating someone. It's that time of life to be looking at marriage. They're at the end of college. And so they decide... Well, you know, I mean, we're we're kind of dating, so let's just let's just get married. I mean, this this is working. Let's just get married. And if, you're really down, if you really sit them down, you set the guy down and said, "Okay, do you feel really attracted to her?" If he really was honest, he might say, "Well, not really. I mean, she's she's okay, you know." And and she might say the exact same thing. But if there is not physical attraction, real strong physical attraction, don't be with that person. I think many people, especially in the church, are misled into thinking that, well, I mean, the whole physical attraction thing, that's just kind of like surface, superficial. Um, it's not really that important, but it's the character I'm drawn to. So that's the most important thing. And yes, it is the most important thing, but it's not the only thing. And so if there is no attraction, get out of the relationship. And I, I can think back to friends that I had in high school and college that were were girls that um, I was almost attracted to. Not quite almost. We were good friends, great people of character, but if you really boil it down, it, it was not enough to jump over the edge, okay? And to really dive into the relationship. It just wasn't there. And I knew it wasn't there. I knew if I tried to make it happen, I'd be forcing the issue. And they thought the same thing about me. I'm sure that I was some, you know kind of okay guy. Wasn't that great? You know? And, and so, so you can, you can see um, what can happen in a marriage when people make a mistake in this area is, is tragic. Because I have known of couples that have gotten married when there was not really strong physical attraction. And several years later, he or she comes to that realization and they get divorced as a result of it. Guys, this is part of a relationship that God gives to us. That if that's not there with this person, then get out of the relationship. Okay? You're not being unspiritual for breaking off a relationship because just that part of the relationship is not, just not there. It's just not there. Um, the next question, Question nine is uh, are you choosing wisely? Alright? The two biggest decisions of your life. Choosing to follow Christ and choosing who you're going to marry. Now, you can make some bad decisions when it comes to some things. You can make a bad decision to go to school. You can change schools. Go somewhere else. You can make a bad decision about what kind of career you want to have. You can quit your job. Go work somewhere else. You can kick a bad roommate out of your room. Find a new roommate. But if you make a mistake in the person that you marry, you can't change that. A wrong marriage, a bad marriage, is one of the worst things that I could possibly imagine to be in. The biggest mistakes people make, there are two. The first available, the first available syndrome, I call it. I know of a couple recently um, who actually was here at this church. not going to mention any names, but they were here at this church. They got married because it was just time. They were dating at the end of of college. They thought, well, it's just that time of our life, so let's let's just get married. They got married, and within a year and a half, they were divorced because he was the first available or she was the first available. When someone asks you why you were with that guy, The answer shouldn't be that, well, he was the only one who asked. Well, he was the first one who asked. That's okay for prom, but not for marriage. Okay? Alright? The answer should not be, why are you with her? Well, you know, she's, she's available. That's it. That's it. Number two. Fooled by externals. Um... Guys are obviously fooled by a lot in this area. Guys are fooled by a woman's outward beauty. Uh, I have a question for the girls, though. Um, obviously, you don't really look at our lips, otherwise you wouldn't date us, okay? Because um, we are not very really attractive people. Uh, we have hair on our face. We're just disgusting creatures, okay? I lived in a house with a bunch of guys, and the smell that emanated from that house constantly was disgusting. Like, I would go to my, uh, I'd go to Courtney's apartment, it smelled like flowers and all kinds of crazy things. And I'd be like, where is the smell coming from? Do you have candles? No. It just emanates from her her very existence, you know? and And then for me, I walk into my apartment, and it's like, someone killed a rat like a year ago, okay? Like, I'm serious, and uh, I thought it would go away once I got rid of, like, the eight guys I lived with, and I just had one roommate, and so uh, many of you guys know my friend Simon from England. Um, he has an accent, so I thought he wouldn't stink as bad, uh, but that didn't work. Um, there was just two of us in a, a apartment together, and even with... He and I were both fairly neat and clean. We deodorant. We you know shave at least once a month, and we uh, and we wear cologne. We got of cologne, and the place still stunk. Okay, it still smelled the high heaven. So, so girls, I don't know what you see in us, but obviously, um, if you were to say like externally or whatever, like would you say that the guy maybe we're not obviously beautiful people, but would you say that the girls are fooled by like maybe charm? Or humor? Is that is that probably two of the top ones? Anything I'm leaving out? Like, what else are you all fooled by? Ads? <laughs> I know the guy... I think a guy actually said that. That concerns me. Uh, okay. Maybe not. I don't know. I just... I'm, I can't see. I can just hear things this morning. Um... So, so guys are fooled by beauty. Girls can be fooled by, by charm, by humor. That could be an external quality. You know, avoid looking at his character. Like, oh, he's just so funny. He makes me laugh. And it's like, oh, whatever. You know, it's believe me, that'll end real quick. Uh, but but girls, girls put so much, girls put so much into beauty. But here's the thing, ladies: if that's all you have, you got nothing. Okay. If that's all you have, I, hey, believe me, be beautiful, God made you that way, we're ugly, you know, the world needs to have a balance, so, so be beautiful, God made you that way, but here's the deal, if that's all you have, you got nothing, you got nothing. See, see your beauty will attract a guy, but what's going to keep a guy is your personality and your character, okay? For, for you guys, yeah, your humor, uh, your jokes might attract a girl. But it's not going to keep her. It's not going to keep her. She'll, she'll see right through it in the first week. So we're fooled by externals. Uh, so often guys uh, treat the woman like they're a trophy. We heard the expression all the time, the trophy wife, the trophy girlfriend. And he doesn't see her as a person. He sees her just as a, a trophy for his guys to look at and say, Hey, look at, look at what you won. Right? That's all she is to a lot of guys. Another question. How do I know I've met the One? Big question people always ask. How do I know I've met the One? Uh, Here's what I think about the idea of is there the One? Or are there several, possibly, that God could have for me? Um, I I really can't fully say this. I'm not God. I don't know how He works. But here's what I do think. I think people abuse this idea of the magical One. And what happens is they, they, they say they put so much pressure on this person to be everything to them. And when this person is not, they get divorced, saying, well, I guess they weren't the one. Because if they were the one, we wouldn't have all this conflict. If they were the one, we wouldn't fight so much. And so I'm not sure there is just one, but I think there is just one type of person for you to be with. And if you, if, I think if you stay in that area, you're okay. All right? You're okay. So um, here's the first question at your tables for discussion. Uh, We're going to discuss character. How do you know if someone has character? So go ahead and discuss for a few moments, and we'll come back in just a little bit. Okay, help me out. How do you know if someone has character? What do you think? I'll come back to you Dave in private later okay yes seeing how they act around different people not just you that's a really good one okay Uh, so they might treat you really really well but might be a total jerk to everybody else okay really good observation Uh, so see how they act on other people not just how they act around you what else I don't see anything over here. What
1: else? Yes. Wait, hang on, hang on. Okay.
0: Okay, really good observation. Uh, so someone who, even when they mess up, they can admit it, they can, they can talk, they can deal with it openly. Uh, I think of David in the Psalms. Um, I would say that someone who has character is not someone who just doesn't sin as much as everyone else. There's someone who's willing to face their sin. There's someone who's willing to deal with their sin. Uh, David, in the book of Psalms, Psalm 51, does this amazingly well. when He, he addresses his sin of adultery and murder. We say David has character, but does that mean he doesn't sin as much? No, he committed two horrific crimes. But what he did, though, was he faced his sin. He fell on his face before God. He dealt with his sin. Someone has character. They face their sin. They deal with their sin. Let God deal with their sin. What else? Yes, Dave. Compared to Courtney, yes. That's always a good one. Uh, How their kids act, okay? Um, that 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 can be a tough one, but yes, okay, because uh, that basically means that your name is on the line with, with how your kids act and behave, which can be really difficult uh, as a parent, especially. Yes,
1: Jake. Okay, all right,
0: so um, this leads perfectly into the verse I want to read to you. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 43 to 49. Jesus says, He says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For out of the overflow of his heart his mouth speaks. Now, Jesus makes some really obvious observations. Uh, there are times where Jesus, I think he uses some really funny expressions. This is one of them. He says, uh, all right, guys, listen up. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes, Okay? Now, you can think that everyone's like, okay, Jesus, duh, we know that, obviously. Uh, Or we don't pick grapes from briars. Everyone's like, okay, Jesus, what are you trying to say here? But he's trying to point out how they know how obvious that is, right? That you don't pick a banana from an apple tree, right? That's obvious to everyone. But what's not so obvious to everyone in life is that There are some idiots out there in the world that can pass pass themselves off as people of high character. And everyone falls for that lie. And so what he's saying is that if if you have to tell someone, if if you're a girl dating a guy and you have to tell your friends, um, no, but he's a really nice guy once you get to meet him. But he's a jerk up until then, right? Right? If if, if you have to get him off the hook, or if you have to get her off the hook for something like that, then good indicator that they have got bad character stay away from this person. Many people say, I think today, they say things like, you know, don't judge me. You can't judge my heart. You can't judge what's on the inside of me. This verse says that we can. This verse says that, that you can look at what someone says... You can look at what they do, and you can say, Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know what's in your heart. And I'm, I'm going to call her out. I'm going to say, Yeah, I pretty much know what you're about. And so how do you have know if someone has character? Um, are they a loyal person? Are they open and real? Are they transparent? Uh, can they persevere when things get tough? Can they forgive a wrong? Can they forgive a wrong? And that, that is a huge one, because I see so many people that they're in a relationship and someone wrongs them, they will hold it over that person's head for a year or more. Can that person forgive a wrong? Can they play the role of Jesus in a relationship where they actually forgive someone and show that person grace? I always tell people to work harder at being the right one than just trying to find the right one. So many people try to, oh, i got to find the right one. I've got I to look over the head and find the right one. If you are the right one, that other right one will find you. You'll find each other. That sounds cliche and sort of cheesy, I know, but it's true. It's true. The last question, number ten. Will you take action? Will you take action? You know, there's nothing worse than hearing all of these principles, all ten of these questions, believing that they're true, then doing nothing about them. James chapter 1 verse 22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. When you look in the mirror, when you guys got this morning uh, from your Halloween parties last night, um, you got this morning and you you saw yourself in the mirror and you said, man, I look ugly. I still have uh, makeup on from last night. I still have, my hair is still purple. Um, uh, I look ugly. And so what you did is you looked in the mirror and you said, I am going to go change some things. You went and took a shower, you got ready for this morning, and you came here. Okay, So the purpose of a mirror is to reflect back to you how ugly you are so that you can make some changes. All right, That is exactly the role of God's Word in your life. Seriously. God's Word is for you to go look at it and for it to reflect back to you how sinful you are, how sinful you can be, and to allow God to make those changes in your life. So to sit here and listen to ten good questions about a dating relationship and not actually apply them would be like going to a mirror, recognizing your faults, walking away, and doing nothing about it. And so I will tell you, if you are currently in a relationship or whenever you get into a relationship eventually, that if you apply these questions to your relationship, I think you're going to be okay. If you're a following Christ... You want to do it the right way. I think you're gonna you're gonna be okay. But if you don't, if you if you neglect any one of these things, I think you could reap for yourself a future of major disappointment, a future of great sorrow, and your kids are gonna inherit that. Your kids are gonna inherit that. Many of you in this room are actually products of of marriages gone bad. And I I praise God that you're here. I praise God that you're hearing this stuff now because if you apply these truths to your relationships and you are following passionately after Christ, that will do amazing, incredible things for generations to come. See, the decisions you make now, they don't just concern you. It's not just about you and just your little life. But it's going to affect your kids kids and their kids and their kids and their kids. Studies have shown that, that um, if, if a divorce happens in a family, that the kids' chances of also getting divorced, and then their kids' chances of getting divorced, skyrocket. Yeah. It doesn't mean that if you're from a divorced home that you're, you're hopeless, you have no hope for having a good marriage. That's not the case. It's just that so many people get caught up into the same cycles that their parents got caught up in. But do you guys have a chance to end those cycles right now. End them right now. Um to close out I'm going to have uh your leaders discuss a few questions there with you at your tables. They've got the sheets for those. And uh when you're done, um, just go ahead and pray at your table and uh you can leave. All
1: right?